Good afternoon. I'd like to welcome everyone back. I hope everybody got plenty to eat. I know I did. As always, I'm a handling. I don't mess that up too often. That's the, that is the one thing I do very well. I can't eat. I do a very good job at that. Uh, again, I'd like to thank you for your kind hospitality and the, the invite to be here today. Uh, I definitely appreciate it. had a good time at lunch talking to each and every one of you, catching up. You know, this morning we talked about... Um, you know, why bad things happen to good people. And some of the questions that often arise, tell you just a real quick story. I won't make it long, but uh, a few years ago, many of you knew my, my dad. He passed away. He had a dear friend that he brought to the church. And when my dad passed, that man had a very difficult time with that. Um, a couple of years later, fast forward, his wife gets cancer. She's been battling that. He then grew pretty close to one of the uh, elders I spoke of earlier, Robert, uh, who passed, and he is having a very difficult time with that. Um, and one of the things he asked me, uh, he came up to me one day at church, and he's kind of hit and miss now. Um, but he came up to me at church, and he goes, this whole prayer thing, we really buying that? That's a tough, that's a tough thing. And that's, a, again, another question that comes up uh, when bad things happen. You know, there are a lot of things that we say and do, and there are many aspects of our lives that show the world who you are. As a Christian, we are instructed to be that shining light to the world, to lead others to Christ. We are striving to be Christ-like. The fact that you're here today spending time with your brothers and sisters and worshiping Him reveals a lot about you. It reveals that worshiping your Heavenly Father is a priority. You could be doing something else. But it lets me know that this church and this family, it's important to you. When you take part in the services and singing and praying and speaking, that demonstrates your love for Him. There are a lot of behind-the-scenes things that go on each and every day that only you and your God know. And it truly reveals who you are to Him. And I believe when God, uh, where God is concerned, when your relationship with Him is concerned, I'm not so sure that nothing reveals the real you to Him more than your prayer life. If you think about it, we approach God and what we are willing to pray for or ask for reveals how you view God or how you view your relationship with Him. Let's think about this. We will formulate a prayer or request based on how we view our God. Now I want to explain this. If you think about a child, a child with a loving father, a caring father, a father that makes decisions based on what is best for the child, that child has no fear to ask for something because the child knows that that father's wisdom and experience is not going to allow him to give him anything that's harmful to him. On the other hand, a child with an uncaring and um, wild or extravagant lifestyle, that father will lay down, or he'll lay down his demands, knowing that every desire, no matter what it is or how bad it hurts that child, how harmful it is for that child, he'll get it. There's also the child that has the bad-tempered uh, or selfish or, or stingy father. Well, we know that that child will not dare ask for anything for fear of rejection or abuse even. And I believe these examples can be applied to our spiritual lives. 
as a child of God, when we pray and we are asking for our desires to be met, we pray based on how we view our God. What type of relationship do we have with Him? I also believe that view of God and our relationship is influenced by a number of things. Obviously, our maturity in our faith, our background, our examples we had growing up, and more often than not, we'll cover this a little later, but our life experiences and our past and the things that we're currently going through. But I do know this, prayer is an essential part of our Christian life. And in order to have a relationship with your Heavenly Father, your prayer life must be plentiful. There are countless scriptures and examples on prayer. We have uh, examples of prayer from Christ Himself. But again, the aspect of our prayer life I would like to discuss this morning is that of approaching our God and letting Him know our desires. We're talking about difficult times. Asking for something. Man, I don't know. I just don't feel comfortable asking God for stuff. Brother, that says something about your relationship with your God. Well, Sean, I don't feel like I can bother the Creator with something as minimal as, you know, you name it. That says something about how you view your Heavenly Father. Mark 11 and 24, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Philippians 4 and 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. John 16 and 24, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name? Ask ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Brethren, quite frankly, if you're lacking something in your life, it very well could be because you haven't asked. I think so often we look at our lives and we separate our lives. We have our Christian life over here, and then we have our daily life over here. We, we feel that we are to live our daily lives on our own, and we handle this. It's not supposed to, to interfere with our spiritual life. Brethren, it's not supposed to work that way. I'm reminded of the baseball movie with Kevin Costner for the love of the game, and I love that movie. The pitcher's playing his last game. He's, he's throwing a perfect game. And at some point in there, he finally realizes, hey, I'm throwing a perfect game. And I guess it was more than he could handle. And he, he goes to God in prayer while standing out there on the field. And I remember, I don't remember his exact wording, but I, I remember whatever he was saying, I had thought those same things. But he starts praying to him and says, God, you know, I've tried to keep you out of something as silly as baseball because I just figured you had bigger fish to fry or whatever he says. But I could use your help this time. But I thought the same thing. Something going on at work or something going on at life and you think, you know, God gave me these abilities. He wants me to handle this, so I, I've got to handle this. God's got bigger fish to fry. What things soever ye desire, have you asked nothing in my name? Parents, let me run this by you. Especially those that have teenagers or have raised teenagers. Have you ever seen your child hurting? I mean really struggling emotionally or whatever the case is. But for whatever reason, your child won't open up to you. They won't talk to you. They won't tell you what's going on. Parents, you feel absolutely helpless, don't you? It is tough to deal with. You feel like you've done... Uh, nothing to help them. You haven't fulfilled your duties as a parent. You're failing your child. That's what you think. Well, folks, that's love. That's love for your child. You love that child. And quite frankly, it hurts when your child does not come to you during those rough times. I'm sure we can all agree here that the love I have for my children, as great as that love is, 
does not compare with the love that my Heavenly Father has for me. I think we can agree on that. Imagine the hurt and imagine the pain our God receives when we're struggling and we're hurting and we're going through all this stuff and we don't go to our Father. We don't go to our confidant. Psalms 37 and 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Again, there are countless scriptures pertaining to, to prayer and our prayer life, but there's one particular passage I'd like for us to focus on this morning. Matthew 7, starting in verse 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who has received, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Of which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, now know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? I want you to notice there are three um, actions here in this scripture this morning. And that's ask, seek, and knock. When we are commanded to ask, seek, and knock, that's something I'm not real sure we understand or grasp the meaning of those things. I think the problem is we run into a problem and we pray and we stop right there. You see, the actual translation of those words is a present tense. It is asking, seeking, and knocking. How many here have struggled with something? How many of you have desired something in prayer? And it could be anything. You know, God, I need help finding a job. I need help with, in my house, I need help with this test. You know, my child is hurting. Get them through this. My child is sick. God, I just need you to take over. But then we end it right there. We stop. We set our prayer. We turn it over to Him. We just hope for the best, right? Keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking. In the 1930s, there was a man named Vernon Spencer. Uh, he was involved in a mining accident somewhere in Oklahoma. Um, he had no way to support himself, so he began uh, playing music at a bar there, and you can't make this stuff up, called the Bucket of Blood. Spencer enjoyed playing in the bars, and he left, uh, I think, for Hollywood in 1931. He changed his name to Tim Spencer, and he soon joined Roy Rogers uh, with the Sons of the Pioneers. They soon became one of the most popular groups in America. He was married to a devout Christian woman, a woman that walked into church every week, probably a little embarrassed and ashamed of her husband, especially considering he was developing quite the reputation with his lifestyle. He really didn't even try to hide it. Matter of fact, he wrote a song about it. It was called Cigarettes, Whiskey, and Wild, Wild Women as she walked into church on Sunday morning. One of the lyrics of that song says, Once I was happy and I had a good wife, I had enough money to last me for life. I met with a girl and we went a spree. She taught me to smoke and drink whiskey. Can you imagine being there with your fellow Christians and dealing with that in your marriage? All she could do is pray. She prayed over and over for her husband. Prayed for him to turn his lifestyle around. Come on home. This was in the days, obviously, before text and email. So every time he rolled into town, into a hotel, uh, there'd be a letter waiting for him. This went on for a very long time, praying and writing letters. Then one day in Hazleton, Pennsylvania, he walked into the lobby of the hotel and an employee handed him a letter as usual. He just kind of sneered at it. He went to his hotel room, he sat down, he opened the letter, he read the letter and there was a scripture at the bottom. I wish I knew what that scripture was, but I don't. He fell to his knees 
as he read the Gideon Bible. He decided it was time to come home. He later accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. He opened up a gospel music publishing business called Man of Music. His son years later helped him run that business. He heard a missionary. Uh, he was at a, like a tent revival or something. There was a guy there from India singing a song that he really liked. He got it back to his dad. His dad got in touch with the, with the uh, writer of the song, Stuart Hine, and he later published the song. Brethren, because of a Christian wife that refused to give up on her husband and continued to pray, she kept on praying, she kept on seeking, she kept on knocking. This man later would present a song to the world that is probably one of the more popular gospel songs that we sing today, How Great Thou Art. He went from cigarettes, whiskey, and wild, wild women to How Great Thou Art. Ask, seek, and knock. You keep on asking, you keep on seeking, and you keep on knocking. How many prayers do you think uh, his wife prayed? She prayed without ceasing. Parents, you keep asking. Young people, keep asking. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Do not give up on your almighty God. You just keep asking. And, uh, man, you don't get it. <laughs> I've been praying. Pray some more. And don't stop. Let your desires be known. You've got to ask and you've got to ask continually. If you'd like, please turn to 1 John 5. We'll start in verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. Sean, I've been asking for a new job for six months. Maybe that's not God's will for you. Sean, I prayed and prayed that this relationship with this person was going to work out. Well, maybe that was not God's will for you. God's will be done in all things. When we continually seek His will, our will and His will will begin to align. And we see it for what it is. What should we be seeking? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What are you seeking? Are you seeking worldly pleasures? Are you seeking desires that are not in line with God's will? A little boy ran in from, a, from school one day and he ran straight to his bedroom, runs to his room, closed the door. Mom didn't know what was going on. She, he didn't stop for his normal snack. She walks in there and this little kid's sitting down by his bed and he's praying. Mom obviously asked him, you know, what's going on? Why are you praying there, Junior? He goes, well, we had a test today. I know I didn't do very good, so I'm praying that the capital of Wyoming becomes France. Uh, what are you seeking? Again, we have a loving Father that knows what is best for us. We have a loving Father who knows our needs and who places our soul above our body. He's looking at the big picture. Again, He doesn't have this box He's looking into like we talked about this morning. Maybe that new job you want would take you away from Him. Maybe it would put you around temptations you can't handle. Maybe there's a role He needs you to fill as a child of God in the job that you're in right now. There may be someone watching you right now that is saying, I want what she has. I want that relationship with God. 
And I know what you're asking, but keep asking. We need to keep seeking. Keep seeking His will for us. You know, again, I, I've told you we've had a rough go in our congregation over the past few years, a number of losses. There have been a lot of prayers on their behalfs. I told you all about one of our elders, Brother Robert. He suffered with um, ALS, and he just, man, if you all know that disease, it is a horrible disease. And it just, it ate him up over the last few years. He was looking worse and worse. How many prayers were prayed for, for Brother Robert? Well, folks, I'm here to tell you the prayers were answered. Brother Robert stands before his God healed today. He is healed. It may not be the healing that we wanted, but I assure you it was the healing that he needed and the healing that God desired. God's will be done. We should pray for his will because of his awesome wisdom. We must have the faith and the trust that he will do what is best for us despite what is going on in our life. That is what seeking is all about. Years ago, Garth Brooks had a song titled Unanswered Prayers. And basically the character in the song had, had, he had since married and he and his wife, they go back to, the, to their high school football game. They run into one of his old girlfriends. and um, You could tell by the words of the song, he obviously felt very deeply about her. Uh, but for whatever reason, it didn't work out. The character later looks at his wife and he realizes, you know, how great his God really is. He says, I guess the Lord knows what he's doing after all. Alluding to the, to the fact that at one time during that breakup, he probably questioned God. Maybe he pulled a Job. Why me, Lord? How many of us have done the same thing? How many of us have prayed and prayed and it just didn't happen and we question God? We question his wisdom and we question his will. You know, I no longer pray to understand God's will. I've come to the point in my life that I realize I'm just not smart enough to try to understand God's wisdom. I just simply try to pray that I accept His will. Give me the strength to accept your will. That's what I pray for. The course in that Garth Brooks song goes, Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs. And just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he don't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Please do not confuse an unanswered prayer, so to speak. We'll talk about that in a minute. I put unanswered prayers in quotes. As an unheard prayer. Do not confuse a lack of God's willingness to give you what you desire as a lack of love. I want you to think about something simple because that's really the way I think. Think of a parent in public, say at the grocery store. You have your dad over here that's dealing with the, the fit-throwing kid. And he wants a second piece of candy. And after numerous no's, he finally just gives in and allows his child to have something that is not good for him, that is not what he needs. And then you have your dad over here, the dad who refuses to give in to the child due to his love and care for him. He refuses to do anything that's going to harm this child no matter how bad the child thinks he wants it. Brethren, we have to have the faith that our Father is doing what is best for us. Again in Luke 11 and 9, I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. But we're going to continue. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? 
If ye then, being evil, know how to give good things unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? If your prayers go unanswered, so to speak, maybe it's because your, your awesome, all-knowing, all-wise and loving God has a will that you and I, again, just cannot fathom. And I will tell you, we have some pretty awesome dads in, in, in the churches of Christ around here and I know here. We have some strong Christian fathers in the room today. Not that mine was the best, but I would rank my dad up at the top. If ye then being evil. God looks at my dad, he looks at me, and he looks at all the dads here this morning, and comparing his fatherhood to ours, we're counted as evil. We do not come close to a true, loving father. We don't even compare to him. But he goes on to say, not a single one of us will give our children a stone instead of bread, a serpent instead of fish, or a scorpion instead of an egg. We would never do that. We would never intentionally do anything to harm our children. We would never do anything that would cause them shame or ridicule. We would never do anything that would hurt our relationship with Him. God is saying here, now realize how much better I am than you. It would be impossible for me to do any of those things. It's not in me. I'm incapable of such thing. My love for my children is too great. So again, I'll submit to you this afternoon, you may have what you consider an unanswered prayer, but I would say you need to keep asking. Take that next step and keep seeking, and you'll find the truth. You will accept God's will. Your faith will grow through His Word. I guess we don't necessarily have to understand His will, but we do have to understand His love. And that only comes through a two-way communication with Him. Brother, maybe there comes a time as we continually ask and continually knock that we need to stop looking for God to give us an answer and just realize that your God, your God is the answer. Maybe it's just time that we accept that. Look at God and pray, God, you are my God and I am yours. I turn everything over to you. I place my life, my family, my job, my children, everything I turn over to you because above all else, your grace is sufficient for me. 2 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul says, I had an unanswered prayer three times. Verse 7, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. That's powerful. God, I really need you to help me out here. I need this. I need that. Why me, Lord? Lord, my child is on drugs. My child's killing himself. My husband's left the church. But God, I pray that will be done. Because Father, your grace is sufficient for me. Your grace is all I need. My spiritual life and my relationship with you is the most important thing. Back to verse 9, we usually stop that reading right there. My grace is sufficient for thee. That verse continues, and I believe it gets even more powerful. I believe it is more reassuring to God's people. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Friend, let me tell you what I hear. Let me tell you what my God, my Heavenly Father is telling me. At my weakest point, He's at His strongest. 
My God's at His strongest when I'm at my weakest. At my lowest point, He is at His highest. When I'm screaming, why me, Lord? He is holding me tighter and showing me more love. So is it wrong to pray for our desires? Absolutely not. Just understand God's will be done. And we also have some, some help. There are things going on in my life that I need that I don't know that I need. Romans 8 and 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Again, unanswered prayers are really a misconception. Prayers are always answered. But sometimes the answer may be no. A young soldier during the Civil War wrote this poem. I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I asked for health that I might do greater things. And I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy, and I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men, and I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life, and I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing I asked for, but everything I hoped for. Pray to Him and search His Word. Seek ye first. You keep on asking. You keep on seeking. Ask for your desires. Ask for the Holy Spirit to intercede in ways that you don't know that you need. Ask, I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you and seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Back up a few verses in Luke 11 and 5. Which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. You know what importunity means? I didn't. I had to look it up. <laughs> I was going to try to sound smart there, but y'all know me too well. It means persistence. Taking a reading a step further this morning, when we are talking about knocking, we are talking about a relentless effort. The man did not want to get out of bed and help his friend, but due to his persistent knocking, he did. We are to pray without seeking. Thessalonians 5 and 17. Again, this is a continuous asking, a continuous seeking, and now a continuous knocking. And that brings a question up, a question posed to me. When is continuous or persistent prayer annoying or disrespectful to God? Brethren, I believe if you truly ask and you are truly seeking, it will never become annoying or disrespectful. I believe done with the proper attitude and the proper reason is simply letting your desires be known. Remember James 4 and 3, ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. This afternoon I pray something that we've said has been beneficial. I pray something we've studied will assist you in your prayer life. And there's no greater way to grow closer to God, to build that relationship, than to talk to Him. 
And God provides us this avenue of prayer. Not only did He instruct us, He commands us to seek and to knock. Again, this is not a one-time thing. This is a continuing, ongoing endeavor. There are brothers and sisters in the audience here today, and it may be you. There are people here that are hurting. There may be people here that are struggling. Battling disease, divorce, relationships, finances, whatever the case. Asking, why me? God says, come to me. Let me bear that burden. Let me handle this. I have the knowledge. I have the ability. You are my child. My grace is sufficient for you. Brethren, have that relationship and have that faith so no matter what occurs in your life, you can look at the situation and say, I don't understand, but that will be done. I'm in your hands, Father. You're going to have to carry me through this time. I can't keep my legs underneath me. I can't take another step. This burden is heavy. I prayed and prayed, but I will keep praying. I will keep seeking you. I will continue to knock, and I will knock on your door because you are my Father, but you're also a great friend, the greatest friend man has ever known. You are a friend that will not slam the door in my face. You will provide, and our prayers will be heard. They will be heard by a loving God that will do what is best for Him and His kingdom. Our prayers will be answered, but sometimes that answer may not be what we desire. Sometimes that answer is not on our timetable. Brothers and sisters, I pray this afternoon that we understand we have an awesome, loving, heavenly Father that far exceeds any love we can possibly fathom. And He will always be our Father. Grow that relationship. Work on that relationship. And don't stop praying. Parents with young children, get in the habit of praying for your children at a young age because I assure you, you will need the practice when you get older. I believe because I've witnessed it, there is nothing more powerful and nothing more beautiful than a mother's prayer for a child. Pray without ceasing. Do not give up. At a bucket of blood singing cigarettes, whiskey, and wild, wild women to how great thou art in the kingdom of God. If you're here this morning and you feel your relationship with your Heavenly Father is not where it needs to be, I pray that you get that taken care of today. Allow your family to be here for you, to support you. Perhaps you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you would like to do that today. We ask you to please come forward as we stand and sing.